Sometimes we gotta get over ourselves, really. <laughs> Me, I'm talking to myself. Um, but we do sometimes have to just speak to ourselves a word of encouragement, speak to our souls and be like, okay, I know life is hard right now. Things are hard. We're tired. It's hard to get here. Kids, just kids in general, I guess. <laughs> um, but soul, you're going to praise the Lord. Like, we're going to get through this. He is our refuge and our strength. He is an ever-present help in times of trouble. And we're going to get through it. I'm just ministering to myself before we start because I just needed it a little this morning. But if that relates at all, I just, uh, I'm going to pray for us as we move forward in worship. And and we'll, we'll just give him everything we got. And it's okay if that doesn't look like a perfect, um, well-rested, beautiful melody of song. Like, it's okay if it's a little messy or if it's a little uh, frumpy or if it's a little, yeah, that's all right. He loves us and he hears our prayers anyway. So let's go to him. Uh, Lord, we just thank you for this morning. I thank you for the opportunity to be amongst an assembly of believers that are committed to the word, they're committed to prayer, they're committed to each other, committed to family. Lord, I thank you that you have given us all the strength for today and the hope for tomorrow. Lord, whatever we're facing, um, if it's grief, if it's frustration, if it's exhaustion, if it's any of the ups and downs of life, even if it's a good thing, if it's, you know, promotions at work or if it's a raise or if it's um, family successes or someone coming to the Lord in our lives that we're really excited about, we also submit that to you. Lord, keep us directly in the center of your will. Don't allow us to get prideful when things are good. Don't allow us to forget you. Don't allow us to um, outgrow our dependence on you and feel like, oh, no, we got this no big deal, but Lord, when things are hard and we don't feel like we got it and we really need you, keep our souls from despair. Keep our hearts from self-pity and wallowing and yeah, so Lord, I personally repent of feeling sorry for myself feeling like it's too hard. And I recognize, Lord, that nothing is too hard for you. And when we don't have the strength to do things, we can turn to you. We just turn our attention to you. And you are enough for us in every circumstance, in every stage of life. You're enough. You're enough. You're everything that we need. As Pastor Brad reminded me of this morning, we already have we have everything we need for life and godliness. We have everything that we need. If we don't feel like we have it, we're just not looking. We're just not paying attention to what you've already given us. So, Lord, we choose to walk in full dependence on you in every season, in the good times, in the hard times, in the straight-up bad times in grief, in sorrow, in exuberance, 
in excitement. We choose to submit all of those emotions to you. Whatever we're going through, we turn our eyes to you. We turn our focus on you. that it'll be done in your name. We trust that you're the one who started it and you're going to bring a good ending to it. You are the author and the finisher of our faith. Our hope is in you and you alone. Our rest is in you and you alone. Our joy is in you alone. There's nothing outside of you that we need, and there's nothing in you that we lack. minister to those places in our hearts that feel like they're not good enough, feel like they're condemned or shameful, or um, Lord, don't allow us to fall into the pit, pit of um, unworthiness, but we do want to ask that you would reveal to us the places where we could submit more, where we could be more like Christ recognizing that it's by your power and your power alone that we're sanctified, that we're justified. you can or um, please know as well that the altar is always open for prayer for worship if you want to grab a flag you're free to there's no judgment in the way that you want to worship the Lord and Let's just turn our attention on him.
of worship as we move into a time of giving. It is just an extension of our worship. We give our worship. We also give our tithes. We give our time. So it is just another way that we get to serve the Lord and commune with him. Right. 
Bible says the windows of heaven are open to us. We will not have room enough to receive it. And the, also in the Bible, the uh, he says, try me in this. Try me in, in giving and see what I'll do for you. Um, a long, long time ago, I mean, I had a problem with, you know, giving, you know, because I would look at my circumstances before I would give. And so that would have me reluctantly giving, you know, quarter here and there, dollar here and there. But when I finally got revelation of um, God's word about giving and tithes and offering, I did, I do still see where God just opened doors. And it's not financially, it's um, physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, financially. He's opened doors for me. So as you prepare your hearts to give, just uh, let let God lead you in that. And uh, don't, you know, I, I used to harden my heart. Don't harden your heart when it's time to give. Che- be, give cheerfully. Because God will continue to open doors for us. Father, we thank you, God, for the gift and the giver today, God. We thank you for all the things that you've already done for us, God. But we thank you, God, that as we're obedient to your word in giving, God, we will see doors open for us on earth as it is in heaven. We thank you, God, that the windows of heaven are open to us and we will not have room enough to receive. And, and God, it's a, it's a testimony as we give and, and we see these th- things happening in our um, in our lives that other people will see that as well, God. Thank you for that, Lord. We love you and we thank you for what you're doing in the kingdom. And this is a time that we can join in on what you're doing in the kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray. words and speak in the spirit it's just so good uh, I'm telling you um, God's doing some amazing things I want to encourage you to come next week we're going to have a special healing service next Sunday right here in this room same time but if you know anybody that needs healing if you need healing I just want to encourage you next week to to not because the enemy's going to fight against all the people that that need healing and need to be in this place but I'm telling you that healing is just going to be abundantly accessible and it's here for us here today but I'm telling you next Sunday we're going for it in Jesus name we're going to have some some pastor friends of ours uh, uh, pastors uh, Phil and Patrice Brown will be here next week with us it's going to be an amazing Sunday I just want to ask you right now where you are, just where you're sitting. Let's just let's go back to the Lord and just bow our heads for a moment. Let's just bow our heads. And if, if you need any type of healing in your body, 
any type of healing emotionally or physically, spiritually. If you need healing and there's something that you've been struggling with or something that, that you feel like, man, the enemy is just beating me down with this. I'm, I'm tired and I, can't, I feel like I can't keep going. Maybe life is just coming against you and even negative thoughts have just been swirling in your mind. And I just want to proclaim in this place that Jesus is healing your heart and healing your mind right here and right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Every, every negative thought, every negative emotion, every pattern of guilt and shame be gone and broke off in Jesus' name. And I just want to invite you right now, I just want to tell you that, the, that healing is in this place, but, but it's one of those places, um, I heard this week the Lord said, one of the problems in the spirit-filled church is that we all believe that we're all so full of the spirit that we don't need anymore. But I want to tell you that where we are, where, where we can admit that we're falling short or where we can admit that we need more, that's the place that God's going to fill us. Can I get a witness? And in the spirit-filled church, you know, we walk around and even as pastors or worship leaders or, you know, even deacons or lay members of this church and in the body of Christ, you know, we're walking around and we don't want to seem like we don't have it all together or we want, you know, to, for it to look like that we're, that, that we don't, you know, we're not in need. But I want to tell you in Jesus' name that it's okay to be in need. As a matter of fact, when you're in need is where, is where you'll find Jesus. So I just want to invite you that if you need healing, any of any kind, spiritual, emotional, physical, just raise your hand with me. Just raise your hand all throughout the room. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. So I just decree and declare in this place that that Jesus is our healer, that he is the one, that he He gave it all, and there's that, that you are being healed and made whole in Jesus' name. I just declare that even as we declare it today, that we'll see a healing in our lives, that we will see the goodness of God in our lives, that we will see that just the, the light of God in our lives, that we will see all of the goodness of God in the days that we live. I decree, I decree and declare in this place that the best days of your life are ahead and not behind. Lord, we thank you that even through salvation that we have eternal life. How beautiful is the gospel. Beautiful is the gospel. How beautiful are the hands and feet. Thank you, Lord, for your hands and feet. Thank you, Jesus, for your hands and feet that were nailed to the cross so that we could be made whole, that we could be forgiven, that we could be healed then, Lord, we could be one again with our Father in heaven. Lord, we pray over the healing service. I just want to kind of let the cat out of the bag. I got word this week um, that Jim and Pat Banks will be back next month in October. It's all right to give a hoop and a holler in the house of the Lord. Shannon and I are having a meeting this week with Bill and Judy Weinkoff, mighty prophets in the kingdom. Phil and Patrice Brown are coming next week. I'm telling you, there's a lot of things. And I'm telling you, the enemy, if you feel the enemy swirling, it's because God's about to do something mighty. Can I get an amen? Woo! Yeah. So, Lord, we thank you. We thank you that even as we flow in the river this morning.
We thank you for the goodness in this city, in this county, in this country. I want to share a vision that I had, even as they continue to play this morning, that there were rooms, and there were rooms, and it's not about right and left. That's not what it's about. It's, it, 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 it can't be political, but there were rooms where people were planning things, and, and in those rooms, they were just, um, there, there were just bad motives and uh, bad agendas. And the Lord just had me this week. I was on, you know, in that quiet time, in that quiet place. And I was just, I was just pleading with the Lord that he would shine light in those rooms of darkness that would come against our country and that would come against. And listen, guys, I'm not a conspiracy guy. That's not who I am. That's not where I'm coming from. But I'm telling you that there are people that have things that they want to, to, for, to take place. And I want to tell you something. When we pray, God hears it. When we pray, it makes a difference. And so, Father, I just plead the blood of Jesus over this country. Father, I thank you that you are shining light in every dark place. That, Father, any um, bad motives or any um, bad plans, that you're spoiling the plans of the enemy. Lord, I thank you that you are protecting our families and you're protecting our country and you're protecting our cities. Lord, you're protecting our government. You're protecting our officials. Lord, I even pray for the president of this United States of America. Lord, I thank you that you can intercede, that you can that, that you can intervene, that even the plans of the enemy, as Pastor Colleen told me, that, that we need to be praying that, that, Lord, you would send those angels and that they would intercept every plan of the enemy that, Lord, you would stop the plans of the enemy. Lord, we don't have to sit around as the church and watch these things happen. We can say yes to your light. We can say yes to your freedom. We can say yes, Lord, to, to your salvation for our country. We can say yes to your, your goodness, Father. The, this country was founded on your goodness. And, Father, if the church doesn't believe, then who would believe? So, Lord, I thank you that we are a church that will pray. And we will stand in the gap. We will intercede for this country. We'll intercede for our leaders. We'll intercede for our pastors. That our pastors, no matter what the government would say, that, Father, that they would stand to right and they would preach your word, that they would stand on the gospel, that they would stand firmly on the foundation that is Jesus Christ, that they would say yes to all of your goodness and all of your truth, that they would start stand firmly upon the truth of God and they would preach the word of God and that people's lives would be changed because of you, Father. We thank you that you are in the life-changing business, that transformation will continue to happen. That, Father, we are the head and not the tail. And, Father, we won't put up, we won't shut up, and we won't sit down. Woo. So, Lord, I just thank you that your church doors will be open. I decree and declare in this country that people will run to the church, that they'll run to Jesus. And that, Lord, the church will be there for them. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Woo. Come on. Can we just praise the Lord for a minute in here? Just praise the Lord. Come on. Yes. Yeah. Don't forget next week. Don't forget next week. It's a healing service. If you have a neighbor, if you, I mean, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. If you have you know anyone that needs healing for any reason, bring a friend next week. This week's going to be epic as well, but I'm telling you, next week's going to be amazing. Hey, our worship team is amazing, right? Can we come on? Let's praise them. Come on.
Thank you, guys. We love y'all. I, if I could just get like a helmet of Catherine just playing that right there all the time, like I'll just go around with some earbuds on, like some sound deadening headphones, amen. Man, I'm telling you, that's amazing. I love that, uh, just flowing in that river. Um, trying to see where he wants to start. I, I, I'm, so we've been, last time I was here, in, you know, two weeks ago, and man, I, I keep saying, you know, let's, let's but I want to honor um, our pastors, uh, Rick and Colleen, and just how they continue just to uh, stand and lead and how they faithfully serve every week and how great last week even the communion and the message was. So can we just give them a round of applause and honor them this morning? Thank you. Thank you, guys. Two weeks ago, I was, I ended, let me just start there. I ended uh, the bride of Christ in our, in the, in the um, invitation on the last teaching in the bride of Christ. I, I ended with Romans 12, 1 and 12, 2. And when I ended with that, I, I just want to recite it for you first uh, in the NIV. And, and, and then I want to. I want to look at it this morning in the message translation. If you have a message Bible, you have a phone where you can look it up. It's family Sunday, by the way. I know all the kiddos are in the room. and um, uh, Listen, this is really good for the, for the kids in the room, too. So there's this story about Lazarus. And Lazarus had passed away, and, you know, he had family members that were really close to Jesus. And I just want to tell you all the, the story of Lazarus. Many of us already know the story of Lazarus, but for the kiddos in the room, I just want to tell you that that he that that Lazarus had passed away, and for a couple of days he was uh, he was in a tomb, and he was in a place where where everybody had already said, "Okay, he is gone, and he won't be back." And Lazarus was, you know, he's not with us anymore. And and then after a couple of days, Jesus came onto the scene. He comes, and you know, they they say that um, Jesus breaks up every funeral that he's ever been to. Can I get a witness? But they're but they're but so they're in a wake and they're and, and so they're they're mourning the the death of their friend Lazarus and the reason that Jesus breaks up every funeral is because Jesus brings dead things to life. Can I get a witness? Ah, yeah, that's who that's who he is. That's what he does. But when Jesus shows up, you know he prays and whenever he prays, kids, listen to this. He prays over Lazarus and he's outside the tomb and, and he actually says, Jesus says, Lazarus, come out. And y'all listen to this. Out comes Lazarus. Out comes Lazarus. But you know what? Back then they they would they would wrap your body and they would put these 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 grave clothes on you. And he had these wrappings around him. Uh, any, have y'all ever seen a mummy, kiddos? You ever seen a mummy? So that's kind of the picture that you would see. You know, it's not exactly the same, but that's a picture that you would see. But Lazarus comes out, and and the Scripture says uh, in in John chapter 11, it actually says that that Lazarus comes out, and it, it actually calls him the dead man. It actually calls Lazarus, it says the dead man came out. And Jesus says something at that point that 
changes everything. And I want to tell you that that's what Jesus speaks over every one of us. And, and listen, before we give our lives to Jesus, we're born in sin. And, and, and you know, th- there's this place where we, um, where, where we struggle with things and we, and we continue, um, you know, maybe to, to have a, a, a bad temper or to argue or to be disobedient. But whenever Jesus comes into our lives, there's a transformation that happens and we're no longer led by our flesh, but a spiritual rebirth happens and what happens is we're no longer led by our flesh but children listen to this we're actually led by our spirit and this morning I just want you to understand and some of the adults in the room too that we need to understand that that whenever when Jesus says Lazarus come out he's actually speaking to every person in this room he's saying son and daughter come out Come out of that dead place that you've been in. Come out of that dark place that you've been in. Come out of that tomb. Come out of that separation. Come into the light. Come into the place of love. Come into the place of acceptance. Come into that place that God has got for you. And listen to what he says. I want to share this with you. Um, in in the and this is just extra. This isn't even on the screen, but I just want to share it this morning with the kids in the room and. Um, But Jesus says in John chapter 11, the the last thing in verse 44, listen to what he says. It says, it says, after he said this, he shouted with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And in verse 44, listen to what it says. It says, the dead man came out bound head and foot with linen strips and his face was wrapped up in cloth. And Jesus said to them, unwrap Lazarus, unwrap, unwrap him and let him go. Unwrap him and let him go. And I want to just tell you this morning, kiddos, teenagers, adults in the room, Jesus is calling us out of the tomb and out of the dark place. He is saying, come out, let him go, unwrap him. And you know what he wants you to unwrap? He wants you to unwrap the grave clothes. Those old dirty grave clothes that you've been walking around with and those, that, that, that form of thinking and those things that you've been walking in. And I want to tell you something. There's this thing where I love the part where it comes to his head because it was, he was bound from his, from his head to his toes. And, but he says, unwrap him and, and, and let him go. But I want to tell you something else that he's saying that unwrap our hands and unwrap our feet. But I want to tell you something else. He wants to unwrap your heart. He wants to unwrap when he gets to your head. He wants to unwrap your mouth and unwrap your eyes and unwrap your ears that they would no longer be bound by the things that you used to know that listen the enemy has stolen from you long enough that we could see and we could hear and we could understand he's unwrapping your the grave clothes are coming off of your mind that he's unwrapping these things that you used to believe about yourself or the you know I'm going to tell you something the enemy has stolen from you too long it's time to come out of the past and come out of the darkness I want to tell you that those old relationships maybe a a marriage or a failed business or so one of those things that just continues to haunt you today those things are being unwrapped and they're falling to the ground and listen there's this picture of you walking forward and you're no longer bound in the grave clothes Whew. amen I knew I would get one sooner or later that's the best ones right there 
You know, those, those bad habits, those negative outlooks. I mean, even the wrong ideas. I, I want to tell you this um, in the message translation, Romans 12, 1 and 12, 2. That's what I started to say a minute ago. But I, I want you to know that in, in the NIV, you know, it says uh, to offer your bodies. It says, dear brothers and sisters, I urge you in the view of God's mercy. Who's in the view of God's mercy? Every one of us, we should all be raising our hand. We're in the view of God's mercy. We live under grace. We, we are in the, right? God can see you no matter where you go. Kiddos, can you hear me? God sees us. We're all in the view of the mercy of God. Otherwise, we, he'd give us all what we deserve, but he gives us grace. But he gives us what we don't deserve. Mercy is not giving us what we do deserve. Like, he should probably squash every one of us like bugs. Amen? But he doesn't. We're in the view of God's mercy. But he says, in view of God's mercy, to offer your body as a living sacrifice, because God didn't give you what you deserve, so offer your body as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship, it says. And then it says, do not conform any longer to the pattern of the world, but instead be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you can test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. That's where I ended last time when we talked about the bride of Christ. In the response time, I was talking about this, this place where we, where we no longer live or think in, that the grave clothes fall off and we begin to walk without those old outlooks and those old habits that we actually walk in a new life. We had a baptism that Sunday, and it was that same Sunday that I talked about. That's what baptism represents. It's the old you dying and the new you coming to life, that the old person is dead. The old person is no longer. But look what it says in the message translation. Now let's read it in the message, Romans 12, 1 and 12, 2. It says, so here's what I want you to do. Say that to your neighbor. So here's what I want you to do. Kiddos in the room, here's what I want you to do. Here's what I want you to do. I love the message. It's so like down to earth, so plain. It's like here, because here's the other thing. Let me just stop for a minute. The reason I wanted you to look at this in a different translation is because sometimes when we hear things like brothers and sisters in the view of God's mercy, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. It's like you start hearing that, you're like, what in the world am I, what are you, what? Right, you see what I'm saying? In the mercy of God. But, but, it, but in the message, look what it says. It says, here's what I want you to do. With God helping you, take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, your eating, your going to work, your walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Can I get a witness? In everything you do, sleeping, eating, working, walking around, all of it, give it to him. Put it on the altar. Embrace what God does for you is the best thing that you can do for him. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you just fit in into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on him. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you always dragging you down to its level of immaturity. Can I get a witness? I mean, yeah, I mean, all you got to do is watch the news. I don't, I, every time I do, I'm like, what am I watching the news again for? This is terrible. I'm like, what are these people thinking? What are they doing? And I hear the, the Lord, he says, well, they're lost. 
But just because lost people do lost things, it doesn't mean that we let them drag us down to that level of immaturity. That's not who we are. See, it's time for us to give our lives as, an, as a living sacrifice to God, but also we don't stoop down to the level of immaturity of these people. I, I love the, the, what it says before that. It says, fix your attention on God. Be changed from the inside out. It's like, listen, we, begin, we become spirit-led. We're no longer led by darkness. We're led by light. It says, don't, unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of maturity, look at the last part. God brings the best out of you. Can we say that to our neighbor? God brings the best out of you. God brings the best out of you. I'm going to tell you what, man, there's a lot of stuff in this world that ain't bringing the best out of you. Can I get a witness? There's a whole lot of stuff in the world that ain't bringing the best out of you. But God's bringing the best out of you. God is bringing the best out of you. And he is developing, look what the last part says, a well-formed maturity in you. God is maturing you. That he's giving you the best part of you is yet to come. It's saying it right there. That listen, when it, you know, in Romans 12, 1 and 12, 2 in the NIV, it says that you'll be able to test and approve what his will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. You know what his will is? His will is that we would walk in spiritual maturity. That he would bring out the best in us and he would develop us into a well-matured brother and sister, son and daughter. That's what his, that's what his will is. I want to tell you that it's time for divine power to come into your life. It's time for divine power to come into your life. If you got that, let's put that on the board. It's time for divine power to come into your life. It's time, if you got a, woo, I got a witness, but let's, anybody? Uh, anybody? Woo, I, one, of, one of my favorite pastors, I watch him all the time uh, in, 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 in when, during worship. He doesn't get real wound tight or he don't, he don't, you know, raise his hands a lot during worship. But if you watch him during worship, he'll start doing something like this. He's like, almost like he smells something bad in the room. You know what I'm saying? But I love this dude. I'm telling you, he's a powerful man of God. But I'm... <laughs> But I'm, I'm a, and listen, you know what's happening, right? The, the, the God's stirring something in him, ain't he? T? There's something about to happen in that room. You know what I'm saying? Like, but when you see him start rocking like this, it something don't stink. I'm telling you, God's brewing something in that man, and he's about to let it out. Amen. It's divine power. Listen, we, we've got to stop. You know, being. Let me just, let me say it like this. My responses were worldly for too long. My responses were so worldly for so long, and I'm telling you, the, the main flaw in my response was the, was the manner in which I responded. Man, for so long, I didn't understand this message that I could actually approve his will, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. That Listen, it says that I could yield to the Spirit of God. And I'm telling you right here and right now, it's time for divine power in your life. I want to read this to you. And uh, it's, it's 2, Peter 2, or 2 Peter 1, 2 through 7. Let's read this. It's time for divine power. Say that to your neighbor. It's time for divine power. 
I, I want to tell you something. The stuff that comes from your flesh is not what you're supposed to be walking in. The first inclination that comes from your mind, that's not what you're supposed to respond with. It's time for divine power. It's time for us to be able to stop and be able to, 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 to hear from the Lord and be able to walk in the Spirit of God. Look what it says right here. It says, Servant Peter, it, it, I, it says, I, I'm going to start with grace right there on the. So it says, Grace and peace to you many times over, over as you deepen in your experience with God and Jesus, our Master. Y'all see it? Starting with the word grace on the top. But I want to tell you something. Grace and peace to you, grace and peace to you, when you are spirit-led, grace and peace will rule your life. For me, to, for me to let the grave clothes fall off of me, whenever he said, whenever Jesus yelled, and I'm telling you, he did this in my life, and he said, Brad, come out. And when, when Brad left the dark place, when Brad left the old place, all of the drinking and the smoking and the staying all night and the chewing and the spitting and the cussing and the lying and hanging out with girls who do, amen, all those things were gone in Jesus' name. When Jesus called me out from the dark place, when Jesus says, Brad, come out, and I came out and he says, take all the grave clothes off of him and let him loose and let him go. I'm going to tell you something, grace and peace became mine you know when you hear about Jesus being the prince of peace let's put that back up there for a minute when you hear about Jesus being the prince of peace grace and peace to you many times over can you say that to your neighbor many times over many times over as you deepen in your experience with God do y'all see that I mean, this is right here in the, in, I mean, Peter, Simon Peter's writing this, and he's saying, I, am, I, am, I have been with Jesus. I am an apostle of Christ. But when he's praying for them right out of the chute, he's saying, make grace and peace be with you many times over as you deepen your relationship with God. That you would have grace and you would have peace over and over and over now, I'm telling you guys, listen, that old you, that chaos, those words, those things that keep swirling in your mind, those negative thoughts, those old habits, that all that darkness, all those things, all those ideas that aren't coming from heaven, they're coming from the enemy. But that's not what God has for us. He, he's saying that as we follow God and he's praying grace and peace to you many times over as you deepen your experience with God and Jesus, our master. Let's keep going. Sorry, I, I drilled down right there. Thank you for doing that, Jim. Right there. Don't put it off. Everything that goes into a life of pleasing God has been miraculously given to us by getting to know personally and intimately the one who invited us to God. He has a name. His name is? Come on, T. The best invitation we've ever received. We were also given absolutely terrific promises to pass on to you. Your tickets and participation into the life of God after you turned your back on the world corrupted by lust. 
And I want to tell you something. That word lust, when you read that, but it's, it's a more complete word than we understand. That word lust is talking about the things, loving the things of the world. Loving, listen, it, it, to, to this lust of the world and the cravings and the sinful nature of the flesh. It's saying that, listen, we got to turn our backs on the, on the world. We got to turn, listen, even the, the division and the strife and the hate. It's not only the things that, the, the lust of the, of the flesh or the, uh, you know, the things that we can buy, the nicer house. We've been corrupted by lust. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move on. Do, do you have, um, I want to drill down in peace for a minute. Do you, do you have um, Matthew 5, 9? This is the message translation. But I want to talk about the peacemakers. And I want to, we're going to read this in a second, but I want to tell you this in the NIV or the CSB, rather. Blessed are the peacemakers because they will be called the sons of God. Anybody? Blessed are the peacemakers because they will be called the sons of God. That's, that's the Greek word. Sons of God is, is the word weos. The weos of God is the spirit of God. The weos of God, so to be a son and a daughter. When you look at Trent, I'm sorry, Trent, but you see me. Amen? I mean, <laughs> it's blessing and curse. Amen? But, but I want to tell you something. Whenever people see us, they see God. It says, blessed are the peacemakers because they are the sons of God. The sons of God are the weos. The weos is the spirit of God. When they see us, the peace, when we bring peace into our situations, look what it says. It says, you're blessed when you can show people how to cooperate instead of compete or fight. That's when you discover who you really are and your place in the family of God. I want to tell you that, young people, listen, we're, we weren't put on this earth to, to divide. We weren't put on this earth to make fun of our brothers and sisters. We weren't put on this earth to compete. Now, well, listen, that doesn't mean that we don't play sports. But I am going to tell you that we were not put on this earth to come against our brothers and sisters. Instead, we were put on this earth to build one another up, to edify one another, to love each other. Blessed are the peacemakers because we will be called the sons, the weos of God. That we would, be, that we would look like Jesus that we'd be governed by the Spirit of God. Have you ever wondered, like, how, how did Jesus, in the face of all adversity, even when, when things weren't going well, even when people were coming against him, even though he was called and he was sent by the Father in heaven, even though he knew all the things that people were thinking, have you, under, have you ever wondered how he did it? It's like, how can someone be led so much by the Spirit of God that, that they could always bring peace into every situation. It's okay to wonder that. It's okay to wonder that. It's okay to say, man, I've wondered that myself. I, I didn't understand that myself. How did he do that? And I'm going to tell you something. That faith like a child, it's, it, it's, a, it's a, it, um, being governed by the Spirit, being the weos, being the sons and the daughters of God, it, it, it actually means to have the same calm and joyful trust in God that children do for their parents. To be the weos of God, 
to be the weos, to be a son and a daughter, actually means to trust, to fully trust the Father. That's what Jesus did. He fully trusted the Father like a child does for their parents. And I'm not talking about a teenager. We've had some teenagers, amen? I'm really talking about like an infant and a toddler. That there, there's this place, I'm telling you, kids reach that age and then they end, up, they end up coming back, you know, parents in the room, good news for you. It's like the kids get their own idea for a while, then they, they end up turn. they come back. They, they see, they understand. But when, but when we're young, we have this understanding that, it, that it's going to be okay, that, that the next meal is coming, my next need is going to be met. That the, a, a child looks at their mother and their father, and, she, and, and she, that child knows that their parent is coming. They know that they're going to be fed. They know that they're going to be cared for. They know that they're going to be comforted. They know that they're going to... Anybody? That's what a weos is, and that's what Jesus, Jesus knew no matter what came against him on the outside, no matter what the circumstances said, Jesus knew that it was going to be okay. He had, he had trust in the Father, and he knew no matter what people said or what people did, that he was loved, and he was cared for, and he was a son of the Almighty God. That's who we are. And that's how we bring peace into situations, right? We don't have to compete. Just like it just said in, 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 the, in, in the message translation, we're not here to compete. We're not here, you know, to fight. We're not teaching people to compete or to fight. We're teaching people to love. And that's what Jesus did. And it's time for some divine power in your life. Did I mention it's time for divine power? I want to ask you a question, and this is right in front of your kids on Family Sunday. When's the last time that you lost your temper? You know, when's the last time that maybe, you know, maybe not at your children, but maybe, when's the last time that you lost your temper on your spouse or you lost your temper on a coworker? You lost your temper going down the road. You lost your temper at somebody at the store. You lost your temper whenever, you know, when's the last time that you lost your temper, right? Because it says blessed are the peacemakers because they're going to be called the sons of God. They're going to be the weos of God. But I want to ask you a question, son and daughter of God. When's the last time you lost your temper? When's the last time that maybe even you lashed out? Maybe you cursed. Maybe you broke something. Maybe you threw something. Don't answer anybody, especially children. But, but I, I just want to ask, when's the last time, right? And I want to tell you something. Blessed are the peacemakers. It, it, it's normal. Y'all listen to this. It's normal to get angry, but it's not okay to lose control. See, even Jesus got angry. I'm convinced that alcohol and, 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 and our temper are, are distant cousins. And listen to me, I'm not saying that everybody that gets, that gets drunk gets angry or that everybody that gets angry goes and gets drunk. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying that, that they're, they're distant cousins because I've seen, listen, I was an alcoholic for many years. I got mad for many years. I lashed out for many years. But I want to tell you something, they're distant cousins because I found that all the things that I, that I did that I regretted or every time I said something that deeply hurt somebody or every time I did something that I wish I hadn't done or every time that, that I did something I wish I could undo, I was either drunk or I was mad. Can I get a witness? Yeah. 
But that's why Jesus says that blessed are the peacemakers. I'm telling you, it's time for us to be divinely driven. It's okay for us to be, look, those grave clothes come off, and it doesn't matter when Jesus says, come out, son and daughter, come out. When Jesus says, come out of that grave, come out of that dark place, he's not judging you. He's telling all them demons to let go of you in Jesus' name. He's saying all that stuff that you've been carrying, all that stuff that's had you wrapped up, all that stuff that's been bound around you, all that stuff that, that, you've been, that has been limiting you and tying you down and holding you back, he's saying, let it go, let it fall to the ground, let him go. Let her go in Jesus' name. <sighs> that we'll no longer, listen, you don't, have to, you don't have to walk in those things. We no longer have to be bound by anger, bound by addiction. We no longer have to be bound by the things that we used to do. And I'm going to tell you something. I'm sick and tired of the enemy giving these little excuses and, and even the church buying into it. It's like, well, I don't know, Pastor. It's just human nature. We don't have human nature anymore. We have spirit nature. Come on. Huh. That's who we are. We have a new identity. Whenever we came out of that grave, when, whenever, when it becomes a son and a daughter, we no longer are human nature people. That's no longer an excuse. Well, I just, I just have human nature. I'm going to blame it on that. That's your flesh. You're no longer living in your flesh. You are driven by the Spirit of God. Huh. I wrote this down this week. Losing your temper always, and listen to me, and, I, and I, I tested and approved this through the Holy Ghost. Losing your temper always, say that with me, always. Losing your temper always says, scoot over God, I'll take it from here. Losing your temper, letting those things fly, shooting from the hip. And listen, I'm telling you, we got kids, we got family, we got businesses, we got jobs, we all drive. Every one of us get there. Can I get a witness? Listen, I'm talking about that place where the blood comes to your face, right? And that fight or flight mentality comes out and you're like, ah. we all know we've been there. But I'm telling you, to let those things fly from your mouth is saying, God, scoot over. I'll take it from here. Whew. Love is not easily angered. Let's put that on the board. Love is not easily angered. So let's say that to our neighbor. Love is not easily angered. Brothers and sisters, children in the room, love is not easily angered. I'm telling you, hey, listen, this is the brother and sister message if I ever heard it. Can I get a witness? Uh, Denise says all the time when she got saved, she, Denise is Transformation Ministries, but she says when she was a little girl, she got saved when she was like six, but she always thought she was going to end up going to hell because she fought with her brother. 
But <laughs> I mean, it's okay to laugh, Bob. I love you. Uh, I mean, I, it, it's funny. But I'm telling you, we all had brothers and sisters. I mean, my sister, you, let me just see. I'm gonna, can I be transparent a minute? My sister used to beat the fire out of me. I had a sister who was two years older than me. My mom always told her, she said, one day that boy's going to get big enough, he's going to knock the fire out of you. And it eventually it happened. And boys don't hit girls. I don't do that. But I'm telling you what, my sister, she did. She whipped me for whew, a long time. But I'm telling you, love is not easily angered, and he calls us to be brothers and sisters. He calls us to love each other, and we can't be easily angered with one another. And we need to set down the things that divide, set down those things. Even Shannon calls us out. Sometimes I even join in with the kids. You know, Shannon's like, you know you're their dad, right? Because I join right in with them sometimes in the foolishness, right? But I'm telling you, love is not easily angered. You know, in the Bible, in, in, in uh, 1 Corinthians uh, 13, it says, uh, 4 through 8 says, you know, love is patient, love is kind, does not envy, does not boast, it is not proud, it is not rude, it is not self-seeking, it keeps no record of wrongs. It always trusts, always protects. It does not delight in the truth, but re- or it does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. It always trusts, always hopes, always protects. Love never fails. But right in the center of that, it says love is not easily angered. Right in the center of, of 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8, it says love is not easily angered. Say that with me. Let's put it on the board. Lo- love is not easily angered. It's, not easy, it's patient. It's kind. It's not proud. It's not rude. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. Love is not easily angered. And I just want to tell you that's who God is. And many of the valuable character traits of a Christian life are not instinctual. Like our instincts, many traits of the Christian life, y'all listen to me. Brothers and sisters, young people in this room, you know, your first thought may be to say something ugly or your first thought may be to to get back at your brother or sister or your first thought may be to insult the people around you or insult the person that's come against you. The, 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 the first thing in your mind may be to retaliate. But, but listen, the Bible says love is not what? Easily angered. So when we're led by the Spirit... I'm going to end with this. Look at James 1, 19 and 20. I'm going to read this in the CSB. You got it right there? It keeps messing me up because my monitor's out in the back. Post this at all the intersections, dear friends. Lead with your ears. Follow up with your tongue. And let your anger, let anger straggle along in the rear. Ah, can I get a witness? Ah. I mean, do I have to say anything else? (laughs) Post this at every intersection. We need to post that on every intersection in the street, amen? We we need to lead with your ears, follow up with your tongue, and let anger straggle along all the way at the end. Like, Like, we need to lead with our ears and then with our tongue. I want you to look at one other verse, uh, Proverbs 17, 27, 28. It says, the one who knows much says little. Say that with me. Let's read that together. The one who knows much says little. Let's say it again. 
The one who knows much says little. Young people in the room, God gave us two ears and one mouth for a reason. Old people in the room, <laughs> two ears, one mouth for a reason. Let us listen. Let, let us be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to anger. Let us be quick to listen. It says, even dunces who keep quiet are thought to be wise. As long as they keep their mouths shut, they're smart. Man. Guys, it's time for divine power in our lives. And anger is not a sin, but mismanaging anger is. You know, I wish that... Man, let's write that on the board. Anger is not a sin... Mismanaging it is. Come on. Thank you, Jen. Guys, divine power looks like this. Divine power. Ooh, let me start. Let me say it like this. What if life could just be scripted? What if life was just, what, what if we knew all the stuff that was going to happen? What if we knew all the stuff that the kids were going to tear up? What if we knew all the things that were going to fail? What if we knew all the things that weren't going to go as planned? What if we knew all the things that the people in our lives would run off? What if we knew all the stuff that was going to come against us? What if we knew, right, what if life was scripted? Wouldn't that be great? Because then we could just sit down and we could write all the things that we, that we would say or we would write all the things that, you know what I'm saying? Like we, if life was scripted, we could write our response. We could study our response. We could come up with this very heartfelt, you know, rebuttal or something to say that maybe wouldn't hurt or cut deep. But let me tell you something, guys. Life is not that way. Life is not that way. Anger is not a sin, but mismanaging it is. And I want to tell you something. Life's not scripted, so that means that conflicts come in our way immediately. No warning signs. Things are going to come into your life. People are going to leave your life. We're going to have loss, and we're going to have hurt, and we're going to, if, if anger is going to come into our life, it's going to happen almost immediately. The, the things are going to come, and these conflicts, and these people that are going to come against us, there's going to be people that betray us, there's going to be things that are spoken about us, there's going to be mean words, there's going to be that guy that cuts you off in traffic, there's going to always be these things. Life is not scripted, and I'm telling you, it's okay to be angry, but mismanaging anger is a sin. And when we're ran by divine power, we learn to do a couple of things. If you're taking notes, I want you to write these down. The, the first thing you do, I'm sorry, we need to ask God for two things. So write that down. When anger comes, stop before you speak and ask God for two things. The first one is wisdom. Lord, give me wisdom. Give me your eyes and your ears. Lord, whenever, I, whenever you called me out of the grave and those grave clothes fell off of me, when those things fell off of me and those old beliefs and those, that old knowledge and that old experience, when all that stuff fell to the ground, Lord, I no longer see things like I used to see things. I no longer hear things. Lord, I definitely don't speak the way I used to speak. I'm not going to speak death. I'm going to speak life. Can I get a witness? Those grave clothes have fallen off, and Lord, I need you to give me wisdom. And the second thing is, Lord, give me words to speak that's going to build somebody up. And I want to tell you something, church. 
if we're going to be divinely powered, if we're going to be like Jesus, if we're going to be the weos of God, then we're going to learn to ask for those two things, and we're not going to speak, and we're not going to reply, and we're not going to have a rebuttal until we have both. Shouldn't the shouldn't the shouldn't God shouldn't godly people shouldn't shouldn't the people of God be, be the ones that are asking God for for wisdom and walking with Him in those moments when the bad news comes and the conflict comes and the bad report comes when the disrespect comes when the hard situation comes wisdom and the right words. Lord, give me those things. Until you have both, you don't speak. Look at Proverbs 15, verse 1. A gentle response diffuses anger, but a sharp tongue kindles a tempered fire. A gentle response diffuses anger. Just being a, you know, I, I, I always go with, you know what, Lord, they don't understand. Just like Jesus when he was on the cross, Lord, they know not what they do. Forgive them because they don't understand. They don't understand. And I want to tell you something. Some of us are natural fighters. I'm going to raise my hand. I'm a natural fighter. I'm a natural fighter. I'm a natural fighter. I naturally, it's my instinct. I'm a natural fighter. That's what, and I want to tell you something. It's okay. Listen, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but if you're a natural fighter, I want to tell you, I want to bless you this morning. God put that in you for a reason. He knew you needed it. But it's, listen, being angry is, is, is not a sin, but mismanaging anger is. And some of us are, are natural fighters. I'm a natural fighter. We have to learn to channel that into the right ways and channel that into the right avenues that we need to go to him with those things. And I'm telling you, he will use the fight that's in you and he'll use it in the correct way. The verse before the peacemaker verse, the Beatitudes, says the pure in heart will see God. The pure in heart will see God. And I just want to tell you that we will see God's work in our lives. I'm going to ask our worship team to come. I'm going to end with a couple of verses. And, and as, as they come, I want to tell you that peace, to be a peacemaker, man, I tell you what, we, we get the wrong, man, the enemy's a fool, ain't he? We get the wrong idea. Let's hit the house lights for a minute. We get the wrong idea. I tell you, for years, I thought I was going to retire and I was going to buy me a house on the beach. And I was going to lay out every day. I thought, that's what I thought I was going to do. That's, that was my idea of success in life. That was my idea of, like, peace to me. Like, I thought that was peace. Like, one day, you know, all the turmoil will stop. But I'm going to tell you something. Even though you moved to Florida and you moved to the beach, man, you think there ain't trouble in Florida? There's hurricanes down there that will take your house and flip it upside down about 190 mile an hour. They got electric bills that are higher than the ones here because it's 150 degrees down there. They have water and water bills just like we do. 
Those things don't stop. I'm telling you, the enemy wants to convince you that, that peace is this and peace is that. But I'm going to tell you what, peace has a name, and his name is Jesus. Peace is not the absence of turmoil. Y'all listen to me. Peace is not the absence of hardship. Peace is not the absence of need. Peace is not the absence of conflict. Peace is being able to stand in the middle of the storm. And even though lightning strikes right beside you, you still stand firm. You stand still. Knowing that God is with you and God is for you. Because just as we sang earlier, he's our Abba Father. He's going to give us all we need. You know, I want to tell you that, and I know this may sound a little bit bizarre, but peace somewhat is a choice. Because we're either going to choose the old way of thinking or we're going to choose Jesus. We're either going to choose to walk in the conflict or we're going to choose Jesus. We're going to choose turmoil. We're going to choose to light the woods on fire with our mouth. Or we're going to choose just to remain silent and pray for God's wisdom. That he would give us the wisdom and the words. Listen, as a Christian, we don't just sit still and be quiet. Our voice is the most powerful thing we have when it's used correctly. It's time for divine power in your life. And when you have divine power in your life, you're going to be at peace even when others won't. When the world is going crazy around you and people are giving in to fear, you can remain in steadfast peace. Knowing who he is. To be a son and a daughter. To be the wheels of God. That's what peace is. To be led by the spirit. Not led by the flesh. Not led by what you see. Not led by what others do. To be at peace when others are not at peace with you. That's what true peace is. It's when other people are mad and it's okay for you to still be at peace even though they're mad at you. Young people in the room, I need you to hear that. Even when your brother or sister is having a hard time with you, you can still be at peace.
divine power actually means that I can have peace even when my peacemaking efforts are not welcomed by others. So what does it mean whenever I'm led by the Spirit and others are being led by the flesh? I'm trying to defuse the situation. Love is not easily angered. And they're not welcoming my peacemaking efforts. I can still be at peace. Just as the Scripture said earlier, I'm not going to let the world take me to an immature level but I'm going to be a son and a daughter John 16 33 I'm going to end with this you know I got one before that what's Romans 14 let's put that up there let's agree to use all of our energy in getting along with each other. Can I get a witness? Let's use all of our energy in getting along with each other. Help others with encouraging words. Don't drag them down by finding fault. You're certainly not going to permit an argument over what is served or not served at a supper. So that, that uh, this is in the context of talking about food and what's in the natural. But the reason that that verse still applies today, even though they're talking about about unclean food at that, at that point in time, y'all listen to this. What he's saying is it doesn't matter what's happening in the conflict on the outside. Let's always edify and lift each other up. Y'all with me? Let's use our words. Use our words. John 16, 33. Jesus in red letters. Do not find, <laughs> do you finally believe? <laughs> this is the message translation. I'm going to read it to you. Do you finally believe? In fact, you're about to make a run for it, saving your own skin and abandoning me. But I'm not abandoned. The Father is with me, and I've told you all of this so that trusting me, you will be unshakable and assured, deeply at peace. In this godliness in this godless world, you will continue to experience difficulty. But take heart. I have conquered the world. Let's bow our heads. So, Jesus, we thank you. Shannon, I'm going to ask you to come up with me. Jesus, we thank you. We thank you that you have overcome the world. Guys, I'm just gonna I'm gonna pause right there for a minute, just as you have your head bowed and your eyes closed. Let's just stop for a minute. Just ask God for divine power. Just I, I, no words that I could say or pray 
just right there where you are, could you say, Lord, give me divine power. Divine power, Lord. Divine power. Wisdom and words. Lord, forgive me where I've gotten it wrong. Any place where I've agreed with the world, given into my flesh, followed human nature. But Lord, I pray that today I could be led in your divine nature. Lord, we just thank you that you are a good, good father, Lord, and that when we ask, you hear us, Lord. I thank you, Father God, that when you created us, you knew the divine power that would be in us. And you knew the day we would seek you the days that we would come and that we would be empty and we would need filling just as we were talking about earlier, just the place of submitting and surrendering ourselves. So God, I just thank you that your ear is not deaf to us, Lord. We thank you that Holy Spirit lives within us. And you fill us with peace, God. You fill us with the living water. There's so many places in your word, Lord. Just even in Psalms. Psalms 23, where we lie down in green pastures. There's so many scriptures about growth and about the places that you want to take us, Lord. And I just thank you, Father God, that today you're creating a hunger in everybody in this room, Lord, that where they can't get enough of your word. That each and every day they would get up so hungry for your word, Lord, and they would just, you would continue to reveal new things to them. It doesn't stop. We just keep pursuing you, and we keep pursuing you over and over and over, Lord, each and every day with just a new hunger. And we come to you, and we surrender ourselves, and we say, Lord, we need you. We're empty. Fill us up. Give us what we need for today. So I'm just reminded about the, the prayer of Jabez, and I'm just going to pray that over us because we, we prayed it a couple of months ago. But just coming back to it, of Lord, bless me and bless me indeed. It is his desire to bless you. 
don't feel guilty for going to God and asking for the blessing because that's what he wants to do. So Jabez prayed, Lord, bless me and bless me indeed. Increase my territory. Be with me. And keep me from harm. So, Lord, we just thank you that it's your desire to bless us when we come to you and we say, Lord, we have a need. I need peace. I need grace. I need mercy. I need faith, Lord. Today I don't have faith. Give me faith. Whatever that need is, you bring it to him and you ask him to bless you and bless you indeed. And that he would increase your territory around you. That he's going to give you more of the grace and the mercy that you need. Because when you go to him and you tell him you're empty, he's got enough for you plus the neighbor you're going to see today that needs something. For, you know, they, you're there. You're in their path. It's a divine appointment. So he's not only going to give you for you, but he's going to give you for them. And you say, God, be with me. Because I don't have anything to give my neighbor. I can't even get up today. I don't even have the faith to get up and believe that you're going to do for me what you've done for me before. So, Lord, be with me. And then keep me from harm. Just the place where the enemy can't come back. He can't come back and take what you've given me, Lord. The peace. The enemy cannot take the peace. He cannot come back and steal my faith. Because these things are rooted in you, Lord. So, Lord, I pray that you could just give us a new boldness today, Father God, a new courage to step into where you are calling us, Lord, into this divine power. So I just bless everyone in this room. We thank you for being here today. We love you, Lord. We thank you that you meet us where we are. And we praise you and we honor you. For you are so holy and so worthy of our praise. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Hey, we're going to dismiss, but I do want to tell you that today was Family Sunday. <clears throat> we do that every six weeks. So for the next five weeks, we'll have Children's Church again, and then uh, we'll let you know what the date is for the next uh, um, Family Sunday. Um, but next week, don't miss it. Healing Sunday. It is going to be a healing service here. And uh, we're going to go after it right here. So come and join us next uh, next Sunday morning. And uh, we love you. You're dismissed. And God, God bless. So, yeah, Tuesday night, um, the women are going to gather again in the pavilion. And y'all do that at 6? Okay, 5.30-ish. Um, just some of the women come and hang out. So it's just coming and being together and having community. Um, and that will happen this Tuesday evening. Yeah, praise God. Yay. If you need prayer, there will be people in the front.